This podcast is brought to you by the upcoming Bioceuticals Seminar Series, The New Science of Detoxification with Dr. Chris Shade. Dr. Shade is a globally recognised expert on toxic burden and targeted liposomal delivery systems. He has lectured and trained doctors in the US and internationally on the subject of mercury, heavy metals and the human detoxification system. In this one-day workshop, Dr. Shade will share his deep understanding on how to restore, manage and augment all three phases of detoxification with profound implications for health. At the end of the day, you will have a full understanding of how to provide a personalised, holistic detoxification program that moves away from the hit-and-miss shotgun approach practitioners may have used in the past. For more information visit bioceuticals.com.au slash education slash events. This is FX Medicine and I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. And with me in the studio today is a dietitian and natural health practitioner of some renown. She's also senior educator at Bioceuticals and her name is Belinda Reynolds. Welcome, Belinda. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Belinda, today we're going to be talking about L-theanine and it's a a supplement that isn't a TGA-listed supplement, but I think it's going to be available soon as an extemporaneous component. Can you talk to me about that, please? That's correct. So uh, although it's not a TGA-approved product and therefore can't be encapsulated or put into a tablet formula, it can be available for compounding uh, in an extemporaneous range of products in a powder form. So tell me about L-theanine. What, what is it? Where does it come from? And how is it made? So L-theanine uh, naturally exists in the tea plant. So it's produced in the roots and then makes its way up to the top of the leaves. Uh, So generally you will find some L-theanine in cups of tea uh, that you may consume. However, in saying that, the L-theanine can be uh, destroyed with exposure to sunlight. So generally if a tea plant is grown in the shade, you'll have high concentrations of the L-theanine. But it's a non-protein amino acid. That's what L-theanine is. And it's been shown uh, to provide a range of benefits for inducing a, a relaxed state. And it, it's quite powerful in this. Uh, uh, Dr. Mick Lyon is renowned for his use of, of L-theanine, but also dear to my heart, Dr. Lise Alshula. So tell me its main uses. Tell me how it, this sort of evolved and and how do you practically use an extemporaneous product? So with the L-theanine, uh, it can be recommended at rather small dosages to provide uh, a therapeutic benefit. And the really good thing about L-theanine is that because it is able to cross the blood-brain barrier to exert its anxiolytic benefits and it can work within... 30 minutes uh, for some individuals, which is very useful if someone who's experiencing acute stress and anxiety. So there's a number of ways that it's suggested that it works. Uh, First of all, it's been shown to induce alpha brainwave activity in the brain, uh, which is associated with a state of mind, which is alert but 
relaxed. So it's able to address anxiety and stress without providing any sedation or uh, problems with cognition. So it actually can improve an individual's ability to focus during times of stress. So the ways that we or that the research suggests that it may be working is, first of all, that it upregulates GABA function. And, of course, GABA is one of those inhibitory neurotransmitters uh, which help to switch off the stress response and calm the brain. It also seems to uh, bind and act as an uh, antagonist at glutamate receptors. And glutamate in excess is responsible for excitotoxicity and excessive excitability in the brain, which can contribute to Anxiousness. So by uh, reducing the glutamate activity, that can be providing anxiolytic benefits and a range of long-term benefits as well. That excitotoxicity in the brain is associated long-term with neurodegenerative conditions. So um, other nutrients that can actually interact with the glutamate receptor uh, in a similar way is uh, magnesium, uh, and also zinc. So zinc and magnesium could be very good adjuncts to the L-theanine for people who are experiencing chronic stress. You know, for for years I've been using a, an extremely simple adjunct. Mm-hmm. If there's something missing out of any sort of neurological type anxiolytic or cognitive issue or, or therapy, zinc B6 magnesium. Yes. Because <laughs> it's involved in so many enzyme systems. It's like the rescuer, isn't it? It's amazing. And so, yeah, absolutely. It would be a, the zinc, the magnesium and B6 to use mm. with the L-theanine could be fantastic because uh, not only does the zinc and the magnesium interact with some of the glutamate receptors, such as the NMDA receptor, to calm the brain, uh, if you have a zinc-copper imbalance, so a copper excess in the face of a zinc deficiency, uh, you can actually end up getting um, an antagonist effect from the copper on the GABA receptor. And improving that zinc status can help displace that copper from the GABA receptor so that then GABA is able to function effectively. So not only are you calming the brain via inhibition of that excess glutamate, you're also calming the brain via enhanced effectiveness of of GABA. And the B6, of course, is essential for GABA synthesis. Yeah. So if a deficiency is present, uh, that will be compromised. So, so I used to sometimes use a very a, a very cheap supplement, zinc B6 magnesium. And I think we've got one, you know, one, whether you call it a zinc supplement or a B6, whatever, <laughs> whether it has those three things. But um, with magnesium, you very often have to use quite high doses, don't you, to get the dampening action on the nerve or on the excitotoxicity. So generally, uh, the studies which have used magnesium as a standalone uh, supplement have used quite high dosages. Uh, so, but then there are studies that have used slightly lower doses as well. So, but uh, the probably the most important thing is to do it in divided doses to maintain a certain level of magnesium uh, circulating in the body and accessing the, the brain uh, to provide those calming benefits. But um, yeah, doses of up to 1,200 milligrams per day in divided doses, again, yeah. have been used. Not in one dose, unless you're going no. for a bowel op. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely you need to look at each individual and 
consider their bowel tolerance for sure. Actually, can I put in a little bit of a caution there? I, yes. I see, some, I hear sometimes a little bit of paranoia about supposedly high doses of magnesium and even magnesium oxide. At low doses, it does not have a cathartic type effect. It's, you know, if you're looking at something like a bowel prep thing with picker prep, you're talking about like 3,000 milligrams mm. of magnesium oxide. So these 100 milligrams of magnesium oxide don't have that effect. Generally not, no. Back on track. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, but absolutely, the zinc, the magnesium B6 would be fantastic as an adjunct to the L-theanine because if you do have those deficiencies present, anything else that you use on top of that isn't going to provide as much benefit as it possibly could. So ensuring that good nutritional status as as a foundation is always important. really important. Um, The other ways that the L-theanine seems to work for improving uh, uh, assisting people with anxiety and stress is that it also seems to provide a a regulatory benefit uh, with serotonin and and dopamine in the brain, which are also important for providing uh, to a degree some inhibitory effects, but also in terms of regulating um, the brain's ability to experience pleasure. I think this is probably largely behavioural, but I wonder if that interaction with the balancing effect of serotonin might be, might be, partly one of the reasons why the first sip of a cup of tea, and certainly when you're enjoying a cup of tea, has that dampening effect on stress. Uh, Well, I guess it's definitely... Uh, a possibility. Uh, I mean, we all do often associate a cup of tea with relaxation, and I think the presence of L-theanine definitely could uh, be part of that. There are a number of different beneficial compounds that are present in in green tea and also white tea, uh, and is particularly high in antioxidants, the white tea. But yes, and also the the actual act of sitting down to have a cup of tea is quite an enjoyable one as well. So I think it's the the whole experience. Yeah. Getting away from just anxiety, there's also the important artefact of sleep, isn't there? And theanine can be quite useful there. Yes, uh, there has been a number of studies which have shown it to be useful for sleep, uh, in particular actually uh, supporting children with ADD and ADHD and their sleeping uh, patterns. So it doesn't provide a a sedative effect, but what it does appear to do is via its anxiolytic benefits assist with sleep. It reduces the uh, number of times someone wakes during their sleep, so night waking, and it also appears to assist with uh, ensuring a good restful sleep so that uh, individuals are less fatigued when they wake in the morning. But L-theanine doesn't taste like tea, does it? No, it doesn't. It has quite a a neutral flavour to it. So particularly in these um, children with behavioural disorders can be quite easy to uh, include it into any other therapy and indeed their food. Certainly, and really the dosages that are required are so tiny. Yeah. Um, so, for example, with the compounding L-theanine, generally you'll get around 900 milligrams of L-theanine per one gram and the dosages to achieve relaxation are only between 50 and 200 milligrams. So you literally can be using quarter of a teaspoon, even an eighth of a teaspoon uh, to really achieve a therapeutic benefit. So um, it's very easy to 
disguise yeah. that sort of small dosage in food. And that's a key, such a key. With children with behavioural disorders, they're awfully, often reticent to, uh, to um, nutritional supplementation and, and they're particularly sensitive to certain tastes. They are. Tastes and, and textures and new things can be really difficult to introduce to them. And so something like this can very easily be mashed into avocado if they're having it or mixed into yoghurt, uh, mashed into Vegemite if they're having Vegemite. Mm. There's uh, a number of different ways that you could very easily administer this to children and adults. Adults can be very difficult and non-compliant as well. <laughs> you think? Um, <laughs> so um, that is the beauty of uh, the compounding products is because of their potency, you're able really to use such small amounts of powders. But we're talking about, you know, uh, treating or, or including this treatment with children. And to me, it's very important that something that we use in children is safe. Absolutely. That's right. And we uh, we always want to use something that doesn't have any known side effects or uh, complications associated with it. And L-theanine is shown to be very, very safe. However, in saying that, it isn't uh, confirmed safe in pregnancy and breastfeeding and therefore as a result of that I would exert caution there. Um, definitely encourage cups of tea, cups of tea. <laughs> uh, during those stages but to it's achieve. a particular type of tea, isn't it? So green tea and white tea are the best forms of tea to use because the processing hasn't likely then destroyed those levels of L-theanine. Of course, you can never get a standardised dosage of L-theanine in a cup of tea. Uh, however, uh, you certainly will get uh, a degree of benefit. Uh, the other thing is that the L-theanine has been shown to assist with normalising blood pressure or bringing down elevations in really? blood pressure. Yes, particularly associated with stress. Uh, so therefore, it's a purely a theoretical uh, precaution, but if an individual is on a uh, an antihypertensive medication, uh, just ensure that they're being monitored uh, because there may be an additive effect. And Dr. Lee Zalchler uses L-theanine very importantly, very safely with her cancer patients, but it seems to have a double whamming effect there, doesn't it? Yeah. So of course. Generally, uh, the experience of having cancer and going through treatment uh, is a stressful one and therefore the L-theanine can be very beneficial for managing the anxiety and the stress uh, that occurs during this time and also therefore and also to for improving the sleep to ensure that the body is getting the full opportunity to recover during this time. In addition to that, uh, some in vitro evidence and some preliminary trials are suggesting that the L-theanine could actually enhance the benefit achieved from chemotherapy. So what the L-theanine appears to do is competitively inhibit uh, glutamate transport into tumour cells. What that does is decrease the intracellular glutathione levels. And what that does is reduce the tumour cells' ability to protect themselves from the chemotherapeutic agent. And in addition to that, it also seems to, the L-theanine seems to assist in maintaining cellular glutathione levels in normal cells, which then enhances their antioxidant protection against the chemo. So what you may be getting when using the L-theanine during chemo treatment is not only the relaxation benefits, but you're also enhancing someone's response 
to the chemotherapy and protecting the normal cells in the body from the potentially toxic effects of the chemo. Yeah, indeed. Um, I remember reading an old paper, I think it was a Japanese paper, talking about how it protected against cardiotoxicity um, wow. with use with doxorubicin, which is adriamycin, but it also had uses in cisplatin toxicity as well. So right. very useful for chemotherapeutic agents. Yeah, so it's definitely a, an interesting area and it'll be great to see uh, more research come out uh, in this field so that uh, there'll be a, a wider use of this ingredient. But even aside from those benefits, really the, the anti-stress and the anxiolytic um, properties of the L-theanine in themselves are so useful. Yeah, I think that's going to be the key. So these things might be an adjunct, uh, an adjunct or uh, you know, an added benefit, but the primary use of it is going to be the anxiety, the sleep issues that cancer patients have during their therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because uh, that ability to, to relax and uh, is so very important for general well-being and really ensuring the, the maximum possible recovery. Yeah, and indeed their prognosis. So yes. Very yeah. useful. But there's some quality issues, though, isn't there, with the uh, availability of L-theanine products where you get high amounts of the D isomer, is that right? Yeah, so it is when you're looking to... Uh, recommend an L-theanine product and you really are wanting to get uh, the best possible therapeutic outcome, it is important to look for a product which contains very high concentrations of the L-isomer of the the L-theanine, not the D-theanine. So you're going to institute this therapy in somebody who has a problem with anxiety. Uh, Lise Alshner, again, and I were talking about, you know, the the initial... Uh, diagnosis can sometimes trigger an episode of PTSD in people. So maybe this might be useful in that. But also other issues like sleep issues in cancer patients and other patients. What else would you use L-theanine with? How would you address this on a holistic sort of level? So with any anxiety condition, it's of course important that the individual seek out counselling or or, uh, the advice of a psychologist who can work with them and identify coping mechanisms that they they may be able to use to assist with their condition. Uh, But on top of that, we also need to look for any other underlying uh, health issues that may be present and potentially contributing to their inability to cope with stressful situations. And we always talk about First of all, improving the diet, enhancing the level of activity. Uh, Physical exercise is so very important as a stress reliever. Encouraging things such as mindfulness, gratitude, uh, meditation, uh, yoga, and all of those things which uh, can potentially provide that uh, benefit of reducing anxiety and stress levels are very important. On top of that, of course, consider the potential nutrient deficiencies that are known to be associated with anxiety and other mood disorders. So we mentioned magnesium, zinc and vitamin B6 earlier on. Uh, And then, of course, you may also want to look uh, again at addressing the health of the gut, which we always talk about. But it has been shown that when you have uh, the increased permeability of the gastrointestinal tract and an increased passage of unwanted compounds into the body that elicits that amplified immune response. And as a result, you get that systemic inflammation and pro-inflammatory cytokines can access the brain and 
uh, cause a number of anxiety and depressive-like symptoms. So it's very important that we're, again, addressing the health of the gut, ensuring an anti-inflammatory diet, a nutrient-dense diet, addressing nutritional deficiencies and looking at what in their life uh, may be contributing to those uh, anxious episodes. And the L-theanine can definitely be a supportive tool uh, for helping quite rapidly uh, address their feelings of stress. I love the way that you put this into a holistic perspective. You know, we've got to be responsible in in our approach to these patients. It's not about supplements. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And talking through um, stresses and an- an- anxieties with uh, the appropriate health professional is key to Absolutely. their long-going health, uh, ongoing health, isn't it? Absolutely, and because those those professionals can help them to potentially identify where those those feelings of anxiousness are coming from and why they respond to certain situations in the way that they do, and they can be very good at helping um, them. Yes, develop those uh, mechanisms for uh, preventing the onset of anxiety, or at least helping to return to a, a more relaxed state after a stressful event occurs. Belinda Reynolds, thank you so much for taking us through all of those key components to looking after our stressed and anxious and sleepless patients, Mm. but in a holistic and responsible manner. I applaud you for that. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me again, Andrew. This is FX Medicine, and I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. This podcast was brought to you by the New Science of Detoxification, Advanced Approaches to Phase 1, 2 and 3 Support. For more information, visit bioceuticals.com.au slash education slash events.